All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Thursday, August 24th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live in studio. I am Clayton. Hey, I'm Pat. So first of all, I want to welcome back and welcome the new listeners because, you know, listen, we had Podcast Jesus Kirk Minahan on our last episode, and every time he's on, just another giant bump yep. for the B.O. Boys and new listeners, new stoolies, so... You know, Minna fans, new Minna fans. So if this is your first time, welcome. Uh, you you are welcome here at the Bo Boys. And so right off the bat, first thing anyone should do when they listen to a new podcast, give a five star review. So give us that five star review on yep. Apple Podcasts. I mean, Clayton, do we want to just start off real quickly? Mm-hmm. Listen, we got a big weekend. It's National Cinema Day this weekend. Gran Turismo is coming out. We're going to get to all that. But I say let's quickly go through a couple of the new five-star reviews that we've gotten in the last few days because these are great. But one of them does bring up a little bit of controversy that we have to go over. So I'm just going to read through a couple of them. Five stars from Gino. Delightful show. Entertaining informative. Great level of humor. Love that one. Musky Crane here. Five stars. Says excellence personified. I totally agree. Someone here. CM. Says Kirk and the B.O. Boys, great together, should be a monthly spot. Interesting. Interesting idea. I like that. Uh, Honey Crips says, love the show, blah, 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 nailed it. Now, Clayton, here's the one that I think is a little bit controversial that we're going to have to dig into right now. So this was a five-star review from a couple of weeks ago. The uh, the user is called Nick1, and Nick1 has this to say. Clayton needs to eat crow and apologize to Pixar. Been waiting years for a great PO podcast. I've always been very interested in those aspects of movies. You guys always deliver. But I'm still waiting for the segment about Elemental's clutch legendary run that no one saw coming. So, again, the headline in that five-star review is Clayton needs to eat crow and apologize to Pixar. So a lot of great five-star reviews there. But, Clayton, can you respond to Nick one? and whether or not you're going to eat crow right now. All right. I will not be eating any crow. Okay. But I do – I'm going to look at these elemental numbers to see where this legendary supposed run actually is living. So you're – I feel like you're already starting in a very antagonistic spot with our listener Nick One. I just want to see where it stacks up. Okay. okay? I want to see what this gentleman, middle-aged male person, of course, because he's a Pixar fan. Wow. He could be a young, a, a kid, a young trendsetter who loves Pixar. You don't think that Pixar has young trendsetter fans? Uh, no, I don't believe so. I believe there's young Mario fans. I believe there's young Spidey cartoon fans. I believe there's young Crunchyroll fans. Okay. I'm yet to believe there are still any young Elemental and or Pixar fans that are not being dragged to these movies by their middle-aged male parents. So this movie is at 151 million. You're saying that this is an audience of only 50-year-old people and and children that have been forced to attend with these 50-year-olds. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's enough of those people in this country for them to make 151 million I'm trying to see where it stacks up all in on Pixar domestically because I think it's still at the very low end here. It's definitely going to be on the low end of movies from the 
current era or, you know, the last 15, 20 years of Pixar, obviously the movies in the 90s are going to have lower total grosses than the movies that came in that 2004 or 5 to 2018, you know, Inside Out era. Yeah. So one, but 151. Here's here's okay. what I'll say to Nick. Okay. Nick, I'm sorry. It's a lot apologies. of ends in there. Nick. Got a lot and of ends. if I'm missing an end, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Just because this movie is not an outright disaster does not mean it is legendary. Yes. Did it make more money than we all expected it to? Yes. Fact. Those are facts. So you have me on that. But the deifying of this movie, it, I mean, it's akin to The Rock deifying the, the, his, uh, his uh, uh, black, uh, what is that? Black like, Adam. Adam movie. Yeah, I can't even remember the name of the movie. The Black Adam movie. Okay, just because this movie did not completely crater and disappear does not make it legendary or successful. And I know people are going to say, well, it made around the same as Puss in Boots. It's that's a different category here. Pixar used to be a gold standard. It used to be not a wait and see. It used to be you must see. And now it's a wait and see. It, Pixar's brand is diminished and it will continue to diminish. And just because this wasn't a major disaster does not make it legendary. Now, but I will give you, Nick, one, that I, I guess Nick, Nick by itself was just taken. So you had to do Nick one. I will give you that it was surprising. And anything that puts butts in the theater seats is good. So even if it is, it's not my business that adult middle-aged men are dragging their kids kicking and screaming away from their video game systems or away from watching Mario on PVOD or now streaming on the cock to watch this movie. That's not my business. Your parenting is not my business. My business is butts in the seats, popcorn in mouths, and money at the box office. So in that case, I am happy for Elemental because it means more money for theaters. But I don't think this bodes well for Pixar because they're, they have nothing coming that is going to build on this in any way other than sequels. So this movie did do a five times multiplier from opening weekend. And, and but we're not the opening s- weekend was one of the, I mean, the lowest in the history, it was just what it was twenty nine million. So, and, so and it, that was almost as little as the first Toy Story in nineteen ninety five. Not, you know, talking about inflation because we don't talk about inflation. No, huh? we don't do inflation, huh? Huh? So you're not going to eat any crow. I refuse to eat crow on this. Absolutely not. W- was there a number that Elemental could have done after that twenty nine million opening weekend? That would have made you eat crow. Because here's the thing. I don't think that number exists. I think if this movie did $250 million domestic. Oh, $250, I eat crow. Of course. I don't think you do. I think oh, you say that crow. now. No, I, I don't crow. think you would have eaten crow. I eat crow. I, I don't think. I think you're so dug in on I'm the anti-Pixar thing not anti- that See, a five times multiplier from its opening weekend isn't enough to get you to eat crow. And I don't think a ten times multiplier would have got you to eat crow. Are you really sitting there, Pat? Yes. To my right, yeah, I can't even look you in the eye. No, you're looking at the side of my head, my bad side, mm-hmm. and you're telling me 
that if this movie made a hundred million more than it made right now, opening under thirty million dollars, that I would not eat crow. I think you would still be saying no, that I would eat crow. All of that extra money, it's still fifty-year-old, uh, sixty-year-old people. No, and then, then I would have kids. to then I would have to amend because I don't think there's that many of those people. There would have to be an actual interest other than the very specific middle-aged males who love to navel gaze and devote themselves to Pixar and drag their children kicking and screaming and yelling for their mothers and saying, Mama, Mama, please help me. And she said, no, I can't because I I just can't. It's Daddy's Weekend. Because these are are mostly divorced middle-aged dads. They're crying over Monster Universe, Monsters University. And I'm not saying Nick one is that. I'm not saying Nick one is that. No. Because, listen, a five-star review... You're my best friend, Nick Wan. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. What I'm saying is that at this juncture, with this amount of box office, no crow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no crow. crow. Okay. No crow. But here's what I'll say. This is this is because, I mean, we're going to talk about this at the end of the episode. Right. National Cinema Day. Mm-hmm. It's coming. It's coming. It's and here. Elemental is still in theaters. Mm-hmm. So this could get a bump. Yeah. It, it, is there any potential that any crow would be eaten by no, you? Because it's not going to make that much. What if, what if this movie adds $4 million this weekend? Has, no. has, has an incredible National Cinema Day. The discount tickets just dry. Finally, it's not just middle-aged, divorced men. It is also kids and teenagers and trend-setting 20-year-olds decide they want to go to elementary. Well, I mean— at that point, you're looking at, okay, this is what a Pixar movie is worth, $4, which I can kind of agree with that. Again, there's, so, there's so, always a caveat But what I'm saying, th- that's the thing is that at that point, you're talking, I mean, when Flash was doing BOGO in its second weekend, I mean, that if, if it takes a $4 ticket to get more interest in Elemental, then we see where the interest is and how much people are willing to pay for that movie. Yeah, I mean And also they know it's coming to Disney Plus soon. So it's not like that's also a thing. They I mean, I think the $4 is going to go towards other films which we will talk about at the end of the show. And they're not going to go to Elemental only because they know it's coming to Disney Plus and they already shelled out and probably got suckered into the Hulu, ESPN Plus plus Disney Fifteen dollar, whatever. Right. So right. they're thinking, I ain't spending four dollars on that. I'm gonna be able to watch this uh, when I, you know, in the privacy of my own home. All right. Well, enough on Elemental. It's only in 385 theaters this weekend, yeah. so it's incredible. Uh, historic run is pretty much over at this point. So good is job. Is there anything Elemental. positive that, can, uh, that that a, a review that's positive towards me that I can read so to get that out I of mean, my they, mouth? I mean I think any review that was positive towards the show has some percentage that is positive towards you. Here's it's probably a like one. a 70/30 split. So I think you could take solace in that here's from all a, these other reviews. Here's a great one. We'll read this one. Okay. So it says critical box office information, five stars of course. Josh Bales, 56, says, I was a cinema junkie that was trying to find some data, commentary, and predictions on domestic performance of the latest movies. I caught wind of some positive buzz surrounding this podcast, so I checked it out and can happily report it delivers. It is really great to get two box office perspectives from these gentlemen 
at different stages of their life, a seasoned film expert and fellow Gen Xer Clayton and the younger, more naive millennial Pat. Thank you for this important service. Josh from NH. Thank you, Josh. There we go. Great reviews. Keep them coming. All right, Josh. Blah, blah, blah. Five I am stars. Gen X. I am not a millennial. That is not Last true. Last night, I attended a Pixies concert, and I'm singing along, and you don't do that if you're not Gen X. Who so was I'm with you? Who was with you? You were also there. You were watching me sing along to these Gen X uh, classics. And who so. was mad at the button-up polo shirt guys who only knew that song, All right. Where Is My Mind, from Fight Club, you were okay with it. I'm a Gen Xer. I was mad about it. I was able to zone in more easily on the music and not be distracted by my surroundings as you were. But we'll we'll get into a, a little tease, a reason for why I was able to zone in so well. We'll get into that a little bit later. Oh, I was too. I was zoned so, in on them. So, uh, you know what, Josh? I'm not a millennial. I'm Gen X. But thank okay. you for listening and thank you for the five-star review. Clayton, let's get into... The new movie that is opening this weekend. Yes. So there is a big movie that's coming out. It was supposed to come out a few weeks ago, but uh, the studio decided to do a couple of weeks of preview screenings, Mm -hmm. which could mean that they think they've got a real audience pleaser on their hands. And that is Gran Turismo opens this Friday. And, you know, this movie is something I'm pretty interested in. I think we both are because... It's based on a video game, and Mm -hmm. we've been talking a lot the last couple of years, but especially this year, that video game adaptations may be replacing comic books as the genre of choice for the younger generation, and this is a video game adaptation. It's a video game adaptation with a lot of name recognition, and we both watched this trailer a few times, and the premise is pretty interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Do you want to tell the premise? So the premise of this movie is that what if Gamer was a real racer? Mm-hmm. It is basically a racing uh, team, racing organization a led by Orlando Bloom decides what if we just get players who are great at the Gran Turismo video game, strap them into a real race car and have them race the race themselves in real life. That is yes. the premise. I mean, that is some wish fulfillment for the gamer generation. Uh, Or is it terrifying? That's the question. Yes. That is a great point, Pat. You bring something up here. Yeah. Is that as we were talking, I mean, we we were arguing whether you were Gen X or millennial. So we are not youngsters. Okay. No. In our day, we aspired to... This video game is this thing. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do this thing. Mm. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah. I wish I could skate as good as Tony Hawk, but I'll play this game instead. Right. I wish I could ride Yoshi in real life, but I can't, but so I'll I play can't. this game instead. Yeah. These youngsters, and we don't know. Listen, we've got a lot of youngsters that come on the show, and we've got a lot of young minifans, young stoolies listening to yeah. the show. Email us. To let us know if we're way off on this. Mm-hmm. But this might be a generation where they're like, no, I don't want to actually drive a car. Right. I mean, this is not a car buying generation. This is not a car generation of like they don't have interest. I don't see a lot of posters on kids' walls that are Camaros and stuff. Right. Like right. we used to have. Right. We're the generation that you'd have a, a photo of a Porsche or Ferrari 
with a, a half naked lady or a swimsuit clad lady mm-hmm. laying on the on the hood. Yeah. And I don't know if that's in a lot of teenagers rooms anymore. So this might be more of a horror story for them. Like, right. what if I got so good at a game that they made me do something in real life? Right, right. That's almost a horror story for them. Right. Possibly. Or we could be completely wrong because, like, who am I, right? Right. They could be thinking this is awesome. Like, we think it's awesome. I think that's why we're so interested in this concept because if we would have gotten so good at what is a racing game back for? Road Rash. Yes, or F-Zero. Uh, yeah, if we were so good at Road Rash or Road Rage, was it Road Rash or Road Rage? Uh, road you know, rage. I don't r- know either of those. Road Rage gives you Road Rash, I believe. Mm-hmm. Say I was that good at that game, and they were like, well, we want you to dirt bike mm-hmm. for reals. Right, I'd say, right. I'll give it a shot. Right, right. But does a, does a modern teenager, tween, 20-something-year-old actually want to do that, or they're saying, no, that would interfere with my gaming time. Absolutely, because is gaming the end-all, be-all? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that is that is what Gran Turismo the movie is banking on, is that this is a real wish-fulfillment premise for gamers. And also, I guess, a wish-fulfillment premise for people who know gamers, which I could see them being excited about the idea of this is a story in which gamers are going to have to get out of the house. And I think if you are someone who has a gamer in your life, mm-hmm. that is something that you think about a lot in your day-to-day is when is this gamer going to leave this this house, this apartment, yeah. this room that we share. And for a lot of uh, a, a lot of gamer girlfriends, gamer boyfriends, gamer people. People. That is a dream, is to have a rich person come in and tell the gamer that you share an apartment with, that person has to leave. They've got to go do something else. I mean, that'd be a good racket to get into, to be a guy that a roommate can hire mm-hmm. and say, hey, my roommate, he's never gone. Can you just get rid of him? Right, right. And just tell him that he's going to be a racer. Right. And then give him some money, let the guy come and convince the kid, drag him out, put him in a hotel for a couple weeks until he figures out that it's all a hoax. Right, right. And then the guy you hired is gone with the wind to a different state. Right. He's got his money. And by the time the kid comes back, the roommates put all the stuff on the lawn. Yes, yes. So this is this is more of an eviction service than it is. Yeah. 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 I'm sure there's a lot of roommates who would love that kind of service is to be able to cleanly evict your gamer roommate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's definitely some wish fulfillment that this trailer poses. But like you said, there is definitely some fear. And, you know, they they capture that from what I could see in the trailer of the movie. There was a lot of talk you know david harbour is in this movie he plays it seems the trainer of the gamers turned racers Mm -hmm. and a lot of what he says is they're out of shape they're in their basements they can't move they throw up when they walk you know in the trailer there's a moment where someone a gamer throws up just from the act of walking yeah and so there's the wish fulfillment of the gamer audience who possibly would want to be able to walk without throwing up. Yeah. And though there is that fear of like, do I want to watch a representation of myself have to leave the couch, have to leave my gaming rig and have to walk? Yeah. You know, do I want to see myself throw up from walking? Mm -hmm. So 
it is, you know, when you shine, when a movie shines a light on a real segment of the population like that, they could either embrace it and, and feel seen or they could feel seen and feel scared and not want to go to the theater. And I think that's the big question here is do yeah. these gamers want to be seen this way? Do they want to be shown themselves getting out of the gaming rig? So it is interesting because this is directed by Neil – what's his la- – how do you pronounce his last name? Neil Blomkamp. Okay. Who got a Oscar nom 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 yep. for his first movie. Yep. District 9. District 9 and a huge box office hit. Made yeah. 115 domestic back in August 2009. So his movie – He was the original Rocka uh, uh, Rocka. Because didn't he put video a video on YouTube and that's how they – he did like a short film of District 9. Wasn't it a YouTube movie? I'm not sure. I mean YouTube definitely would have been in full force by 2009. That You know, that's a post-Chronicles Watt of Narnia uh, world that uh, that we live in in 2009. But I don't remember the, the pre-District 9 backstory of Neil Blomkamp. Oh, but, you, you, mean, you mean Lazy Sunday you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, I do think it might not have originated on YouTube, but he definitely did low-budget filmmaking with really good special effects outside of the studio system. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. he got snatched up, and that, mo- that movie did not cost a lot of money, and it made a lot of money. Uh, he kind of stumbled after that a little bit, although Elysium still was not a huge bomb, but it was not the giant hit that people expected it to be. No, but it did make a lot worldwide in 2013. Yeah. It, it did only 93 domestic, but it made another 193 uh, elsewhere and made 286 total. So he was, you know, going into Chappie in 2015, he was still for sure looked at as a guy who directs big movies. Absolutely. And then Chappie's where it kind of all falls apart for him in March 2015. And listen, I've not seen Chappie. No. I, I'm i not a critic, huh? Huh. So I'm not going to jump on Chappie. I think there's a lot of piling on Chappie. Mm-hmm. Chappie has become a meme. Yes. I'm yes. not going to make those sort of cheap jokes because no. I haven't seen the film. No. But at the end of the day, domestically, 315 Opening to thirteen, it, it was it was a uh, it did not do well at the box office. That's what we talk about here. Right, so right. quality, whatever. Chappie did not set the world on fire. So after that, a little bit in the wilderness, and this could be a big comeback for him because, like you said, video game movies. Mm-hmm. Even though we are not at the point where we could say this is Iron Man you know, uh, one sort of video game stuff. Because I do think video games are in that area that the superhero or comic book movies were in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yes. Where you would have big hits and then they would try stuff and they would fail. Yes, And I yes. do think we're not at the full overtaking of culture that video game movies will have in the next 10 years. Like mm-hmm. 10 years from now... Video games will be superhero movies. Yes, yes. There was, I mean, there's that stretch, the Marvel stretch from, you know, 2008 until, you know, 2019, basically, where almost every superhero movie is a giant hit. Yeah. You know, even if you look at the DC run in that same time, those movies do gigantic numbers, even when they slightly underperform. Mm -hmm. You know, there is an 11 year period where every superhero movie 
is a guaranteed huge top five of the year hit. So, so the video game movies are not in that period yet, but yeah. they're definitely in the period now where they've had their Batman 89, they've had their Spider-Man 2, they've had their original X-Men movies where they've had the hits that have like fully put the genre on the map. Mm-hmm. But is Gran Turismo yet in that period where if you're a big video game adaptation, you're guaranteed to be a hit the way a Thor 2 was guaranteed to be, guaranteed to be a hit because it opened between 20, uh, 2008 and 2019. Yes. And probably not. That's not what we're seeing yet. So let's look at a little uh, antecedent to this. Okay. That's That means something that came before it, right? Mm-hmm. Great. Need for Speed, 2014, starring... What's that kid's name? Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. Yes. Hot from Breaking Bad. Yes. Said bitch a lot on Breaking Bad. That was his calling card. Yeah. Have you seen Need for Speed? Does he say bitch a lot in Need for Speed, or is he not allowed to carry that catchphrase over from uh, Breaking Bad? Uh, That is a great question. I've not seen this movie, although it does star Michael Keaton. Wow. Michael Keaton is a supporting cast member in this along with Dominic Cooper, Imogene Potts, they all are in this film. Okay. And this opened in 2014, right? It's open to, let's see, box 17.8 million on March 14th, 2014. So, I mean, that's a pretty healthy opening weekend for a, you know, a sleepy weekend in March. I'm just looking at that weekend itself. The movie opened up Number three. Okay, what beat it? So, I mean, this is, I don't often get surprised by box office history. Yeah. And especially modern box office history. Obviously, yeah. if you pull out some weekend in 1983, uh, I could be surprised. But this weekend, March 20, March 14, 2014, Need for Speed opened up. It was number three, 17.8 million. Number two was 300 Rise of an Empire. Oh, the sequel, the forgotten right. kind of sequel. The No Jerry Butler sequel. Yeah. Uh, and its second weekend made $19 million. It's at, That movie was at $78 million after two weekends. Wow. wow. Here is the one that I am thoroughly confused to see. Number one that weekend was Mr. Peabody and Sherman from 20th Century Fox in its second weekend making 21 million it had been at 63 million after two weekends clayton do you remember this at all mr peabody and sherman the movie was a hit didn't wasn't mr peabody voiced by stephen colbert am i wrong on that i mean not to get listen we're down a little bit of a rabbit hole let's not go let's not let's not go dark down there it's dark down there but that is shocking but again it is shocking the rats need their cheese yep and if you're if you're a new listener, if you're a Minifan, if you're a Stooley who's just joining us, that is one of the guiding principles of this show. The rats need their cheese, which means the kids need their kids' movies. So back in 2014, the yeah. kids chose Mr. Peabody and Sherman's second weekend wow. above the opening weekend of the Need for Speed video game. And man, oh. where cheese come goes, that's not Gouda. Wow. That is some that is some government cheese. But Need for Speed, which is all to say. Video game adaptation opened fairly okay, seventeen point eight million for what I don't think was a particularly big budget extravaganza. No, 
It, it legged out to 43 domestic. We don't talk about worldwide, but 150 international. So yeah, more popular overseas, obviously. Yeah. So here's the question then with Gran Turismo. Okay. That's why we mentioned Need for Speed. Yeah. Is that Racing movie, video game. Yeah. Do you think this almost 10-year-old film? Right. Do you think Gran Turismo, pardon me, fuck it's a rough feed. Yeah, we're doing live. Yeah. Will beat the opening of Need for Speed. Oh, man. Now, keep in mind, mm-hmm. this has been doing previews for a while. Right. And it didn't move because they wanted to build anticipation with these previews. I don't believe that. Okay, they, you don't. Because that's the comment. That's what people are saying. People. Yeah. Who are these people? And I can't do the who are these people in the voice of Jerry Seinfeld because I am on strike, yes. SAG-AFTRA. I cannot do any impressions of anybody. No, you can't. Yeah, because your, your union that you are in bad standing bad with standing because you with. haven't paid dues in years. They would be very angry if you did a a impression of a known celebrity Yeah, because that would be acting. That's acting, right? Yeah. So what I will say is who are these people? Mm-hmm. And the real reason is to get away from the steamroller that was Barbenheimer. Okay. Smartly. They smartly stepped away from the steamroller. And also, National Cinema Day. I do think there's a level Mm. of people that are going to take a flyer on this for Four Bones. Yeah. Well, I mean— But, and I was going to say— Yeah. The 17, that's that's kind of the mark we're looking at. 17.8. Let's just say 17 is going to make more than 17. Okay, so we'll— I'd say we answer that later when we give our official top five predictions. Just to, just to say, mm-hmm. with the preview thing, they, it's made $3 million in previews already. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking of like who's going to go this weekend, add $3 million to that. Okay? Right, right, right. Just to let you – just, you know, to help you out. Well, do you think – the audience score on this is apparently pretty high. You know, the Rotten Tomato critic score and we're not critics, huh? Huh? But the audience score seems to be pretty high, high 90%. That's great. So I know you don't think that they pushed this out because they wanted to build awareness and build momentum for it. But if the movie has been well-received by the real audiences who have seen it, you would hope that that is going to end up being the result, is that the young people, the gamers, they some of their friends have seen it. They've told them that it's good because – I mean, again, we're looking at an audience that it's got to go beyond just gamers, but the the gamers have to come out. Mm-hmm. And you got to get the gamers out of their gaming chair to go see this movie. And they probably figured they need a lot of encouragement to do that. Yeah. And so you do the three weeks of preview screenings, and that way these gamers in their gaming chair, they're hearing it in their headset. You know, the other players, hey – my cousin saw this a week ago, said mm-hmm. it was pretty good. Maybe we should leave the gaming chairs and go to a movie theater. And the first time they hear that, they're not going to leave the gaming chair. But if they hear that 10 times, 20 times over the course of two weeks, mm-hmm. then maybe this weekend the gamers will leave their gaming chair and go to a movie theater. That may very well be true. And and again, we, we are still in sort of the Wild West period for video game yeah. adaptations. I mean, anything, you know, they have always been, there's been for a long time, like, you know, Super Mario Brothers movie back in the 90s. That's Mm -hmm. primordial, though. I mean, that's a primordial example. Right now, we're still in that sort of Wild West. So this could be a giant hit, or it could be a giant flop, or it could be somewhere in the middle. 
there's no guarantees here because, like you said, we don't know if people are going to be scared of this idea. Right. Are they going to leave the gaming chair? Right. And are they going to be turned off that it has a different story than the actual game? Right. Right. Because Gran Turismo, the video game, is not about gamers who become racers. It's no. just about racers who do racing and racing cars. Yeah. And you as the gamer are not inside the story of the game. Yes. Got so. it. Got it. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. And it also, just to a general audience, it poses the question, do you want to see gamers as heroes? You know, because if a you great are question. just an everyday Joe Lunchpail, Susie Crochet, you know, you're an earth dog, you're a plain Billy, you live mm-hmm. in the stacks. Do you want to go down to the movie theater and the hero isn't a fighter pilot? The hero isn't a superhero. The hero isn't a plumber like Mario. Yeah. So the hero of the movie is a gamer. Will that appeal to the average person. I mean, there could be a level of animosity towards this concept from the salt of the earth. Right. Because they're out there on their weekends. Right. Working on their cars. Right. Racing in the streets. Mm-hmm. Maybe had a few. Yeah, maybe had a few. Yeah. Get a little liquid courage. Going out there racing. And then they see this gamer mm. who's not working at the factory, is not in the coal mine. He's in a chair in front of a big video game system playing a a racing game and he gets a shot right and this is a guy who's scraped together a little bit of money to go to a nascar event when it comes to his town Mm -hmm. is the greatest night of his life he dreamt forever maybe one day i'll be able to be on that track even for one lap right and this gamer Mm -hmm. gets to live his dream right is there anger there? Right. I mean, there's always anger there. Right. But is it the good anger that motivates that that person to go see a movie? Exactly. Or is it the bad anger that causes them to not see the movie? Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It remains to be seen. Can gamers be bankable heroes to a mass audience? Th- this movie is going to go a long way toward answering that because if Grant's Reason was a hit, then who knows? We may be seeing gamers themselves as protagonists in movies a lot more. In it's the it's possible. It's possible. So Clayton, there are so many uh things to to analyze when we're talking about the opening of a movie like Gran Turismo. And there are so many movies that we have to keep track of week to week. What's opening? What's already been out there? What movie is leaving movie theaters? Which movies are losing screens, gaining screens? There's so much that we have to think about and as great as a show is, and the five-star reviews show that this is one of the great shows going right now, we sometimes have a hard time keeping track of all these factors, of all of these movies. Um, I mean, have you have you had trouble, you know, since we've been doing this show, sometimes keeping track of all these movies? Oh, absolutely. Sometimes I can't. I, I'm trying to come up with comps. And right. There's, like you said, I mean, there's a Liam Neeson movie coming out right. this weekend. We're going to have to keep We're track gonna of that. We're going to have to keep track of that. And those come out like every six weeks. Yes, There's, yes. It's just so much to juggle. And we have to tell all those Liam Neeson movies apart. Yes. The new one is called Retribution. We have to tell that apart from nonstop, from, mm-hmm. you know. Blacklight. Yeah, from Blacklight. We have to know these Liam Neeson movies and the difference between them. And luckily, though, Clayton, you and I have found what I think is possibly a real easy and delicious solution to that problem. Yep. And it's a little product called Magic Mind. Magic Mind. So Magic Mind 
it's a little green drink. Mm-hmm. And when I say little, I mean little. They come in little bottles. Clayton just, he if you watch it on YouTube, you could see the exact size of the bottle with Clayton's fingers. Tiny bottle, a little shot of productivity is what, what I like to, to say about Magic Mind. And it is, uh, this company has come up with, I think, a magic elixir, mm-hmm. a magic group of of ingredients, nat- all natural ingredients that just give us, with that one shot a day of Magic Mind, a clearer focus and a, an ability to really zone in on the movies that matter, that we need to talk about, and get our minds in a place where we could tell the difference between these Liam Neeson movies. Absolutely. And it also, it, it, it has helped my you know, personality. I'm, I'm not as cranky as I used to be. I know we were getting reviews that I was cranky. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe not necessarily less cranky. That's wrong, but more focused yes. on what I want to be cranky about. Exactly. I was going to say you're definitely cranky, but I feel like you're not cranky about everything in no. the way that you have been in the past. I'm able to focus as I was able to focus on those button up guys going crazy at the Pixies concert. Right. That was my focus, and it was all because of Magic Mind. Yes, yes. And, you know, I, I've been taking the Magic Mind this week. It's allowed me to focus on movies. And last night when we were at that Pixies concert and that those frat bros were talking through every classic Pixies song, Monkey Gone to Heaven, they're not paying attention. The baser, they're not paying attention. Not paying attention. But then they started yelling and screaming, of course, when the Fight Club song came on. Mm-hmm. But all through their antics, I was able to focus only on the stage and watch my Gen X icons, the Pixies, rock and roll. And that focus came from drinking a shot of Magic Mind every morning the last the last couple of days. We've and, been doing it for three days, yes. which is what they say. You get to start to get the best benefits. You can add it with your coffee. You can drink it alongside your coffee. Someone like me, I don't do a lot of the caffeine. Right. So I, I do just the Magic Mind by itself. It's got a little bit of caffeine from the matcha. Yes. So that's enough for me to be able to focus my crankiness on a bunch of sellouts because I'm Gen X. Yes. Yes. And I am also Gen X. And yeah, the, the, the Magic Mind, a little tiny, tasty green bottle and we're only a couple of days into it, and we're already seeing the effects. Yeah. And, and it tastes great. And it's you can have it with your coffee, like you said, or instead of your coffee, but it does not have as much caffeine as a cup of coffee. So no. you, you could have your magic mind with your coffee, and then you're just set. Your, your, your mind is going to focus, and you're going to be able to. Our listeners need to focus on these movies the same way we do, and Magic Mind's going to help you on that path. So, Clayton, how could listeners – of the B.O. Boys, get a little deal. Because we're all about getting deals for our wanna B.O. Boys, wanna B.O. Girls, wanna B.O. People. people. How could those listeners get a little deal on the, the old Magic Mind? So they can go to www.magicmind.com slash moviebox mm-hmm. and get up to 50% off their subscription for the next 10 days with our code moviebox20 that's moviebox20 all together great at magicmind.com/moviebox so there you go magic mind a tasty little green shot yep that'll get your mind right so national cinema day 
is back, Clayton. This is very exciting. So last year, this happened on Labor Day weekend of 2022. Mm-hmm. And now it is back happening for one day only this Sunday, August 27th, 2023. And basically all of the theater chains, it looks like for the most part, are teaming up on this. And it's heavily discounted tickets. $4 tickets seems to be the norm here. Well, it was $3 last year. Right. It's $4 this year. Right. But last year, 8 million people wow. stepped into the temple. Wow. The place of worship. Mm-hmm. Theaters. Mm-hmm. And I think with better options this uh, this this year, more uh, people going mm-hmm. because of Barbenheimer and movies like that. This is going to break that record. Wow. I, I feel like it's going to be more than 8 million. Yeah. I mean, this summer season is pacing what? I think I saw 19% ahead of last summer. So, yes. I mean, this summer is much further up, uh, is doing much better than the summer of 2022 did. So you would think National Cinema Day would be an even bigger success this year. There's just, like you said, bigger movies. More people are in the habit of going to movies right now than there were last year. And I think that price raise from $3 to $4 is totally fine. I don't think we're anywhere near the number where it doesn't feel like it's a huge deal. No, $4 $4, movie tickets. Because that also applies to PLFs. You know, this is not just cheap. Uh, you know, uh, cheap tickets for the bad auditoriums, for mm-hmm. the rip seat auditoriums. This is $4 tickets for your IMAXs, your Dolby's. This is across the board. Yeah. You could get in for $4. So it's interesting to me, you know, just touching on Gran Turismo again, is more people are going to go to the theater this weekend because of the $4 tickets. But is that going to hurt Gran Turismo in the sense that the PLFs it does get, it's not going to get full price from them mm-hmm. in a way that it would have if it wasn't national? And now this isn't all weekend. It's just Sunday. But National Cinema Day does feel like it is better for the holdovers than it is for a new movie opening. That's my sort of just presumption about uh, it. I, I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. So what we're talking about in this segment is basically what are the movies we think are going to benefit from from Sunday's National Cinema Day $4 Mm -hmm. tickets. And just to give a little bit of context, last year Mm -hmm. there's a lot of bumps up in the blue, percentages going up for films that had been in the theater for weeks, Mm -hmm. sometimes months. Yes. So last September – Top Gun Maverick went back to number one mm-hmm. in its 15th week of release, and it went up 27%. Wow. Bullet Train went up 3%. DC League of Super Pets went up 22%. Wow. Minions, The Rise of Gru went up 29%. Thor, Love and Thunder went up 1%, mm-hmm. right? Plus, the Spider-Man No Way Home, I'm sorry, huh? No Way Home, the more fun stuff version. Mm-hmm. How to say it that way. I did. Open to 5.4. So, again, not a. it didn't have a bump, obviously, because it 
was not out earlier, but more people went to see that movie for $3 than it probably would have if it was released in a different weekend. Right, right. So looking at what is in theaters now Mm -hmm. for this day, what would you say is the biggest beneficiary beneficiary of this? Yeah, so if you look at that, the the results for last year's National Cinema Day, the kids' movies definitely got a bump. Mm-hmm. You know, Minions, like you said, 29%. DC League of Super Pets went up 22% National Cinema Day weekend in a way that some of the other very hard adult-skewing movies, like The Invitation, a horror movie, yeah, uh, that was in its second weekend. It dropped 28%. Beast... The uh, the action movie from Universal dropped 17%, didn't get a bump, didn't have an incredible hold. So it definitely helps the kid and family-friendly movies. I mean, you did see Bullet Train get a slight bump last year, and yeah. Top Gun Maverick got a huge bump. But Top Gun Maverick was just— It's a phenomenon. The phenomenon. So, And that was probably people seeing it for a second, third, fourth time, fifth time. So— and, you know, we got an email, a great email from wannabe old boy Austin. Welcome back, Austin. And I tend to agree with something he pointed out in that email, which is basically he thinks Barbie is going to be one of the great beneficiaries of National Cinema Day. And I think that makes total sense because it's this year's Top Gun Maverick. Yep. You know, it is the phenomenon that all audiences are going for. It's the movie everyone's talking about. Mm-hmm. And it is to some degree, is a family movie. It, it You can't say a movie that is made as much as Barbie has hasn't crossed over into being a successful family movie. So I think Barbie is poised to be a great beneficiary of this weekend because people are going to say, let me see it a third time, or I haven't seen it yet. Somehow I got to see it. Or I have a bunch of Little kids. Yes. Kids that this might be their first movie or on the edge of, are they old enough to take them? Right. And I think if it's, you got three little kids, you know, that's only 12 bucks. Right. That's less than ticket, a one ticket, mostly anywhere in the country. Right. So I feel like you are going to take those little kids, the rats, the little tiny rats, to Barbie for their first movie. Because it ain't going to break your budget. Right, right. There may have been some question, the you know, since Barbie came out, uh, I don't know if my kid's old enough. I don't know if I want them to, to, to see the themes or whatever in this movie. But once the ticket price gets cheap enough, then the parent just says, yeah, yeah you know what? They're old enough. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. $3, four, $4, four, $4 yeah, yeah they're, they're old, old enough. enough. They can see Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. When the, when the ticket price goes low enough, the age restrictions go out the window. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I agree with Austin. I think Barbie and Oppenheimer, you know, they go hand in hand. I think the cheap tickets are going to get a lot of people to just see those movies for the third, fourth time, to take their friends. Like it's sort of a last hurrah of the summer movie season. Yeah. Um, and I think the kids movies that are currently out in theaters are going to be helped. So, you know, Austin thinks this, and I think I think you would agree here. The Ninja Turtles cartoon movie is going to probably get a really nice bump from the National Cinema Day. Yes, because of the kids. Yeah, because of the rats. So here's here's one to throw out. You know, last weekend Blue Beetle opened. 
Yes. And it made $25 million. It's a superhero movie, but it is a family movie, you know, or at least it's being pitched that way. Yeah. Can this get some kind of life in it because of National Cinema Day? Can this movie, and neither of us think it's going to go on a historic elemental style run, but can it really get a boost this weekend and have a great hold in its second weekend because of the discount tickets and it's a family movie? I think, so the cheaper tickets are not going to make people go see a movie that they don't want to see. Mm. It's going to make them see a movie that they've wanted to see and maybe have not been able to afford Mm -hmm. or one that they've been trying to see and didn't get a chance to and are now like, this is the weekend to do it. Okay. And so I don't think Blue Beetle falls into the category of a movie a lot of people want to see, to be honest. Like, if I'm going to spend – in four bucks – okay, for us – Coastal elites, four bucks is nothing. Like no, four bucks. It's a sip of coffee. It's, it's a, not a full cup. It's they'll they'll pour a sip in your mouth yeah. and then you keep walking. If I went to bucks. my pour over place mm-hmm. and asked for four dollars of coffee, they would drip it and then I would get a drip. Right. Like I would get just a tiny drip. Right. I wouldn't even get a magic mind bottle size. No. Full no. of coffee. No. For that amount of money. So that's why I think $4 is a lot, and I don't think Blue Beetle's worth $4. I'm so sorry to say. I just don't think it is. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting because it does seem like that movie was – there's no great enthusiasm behind Blue Beetle, but it definitely is not a stinker, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of reviews, in, ter- in terms of what the audience response seems to have been. So I am open-minded about the discount tickets could – really help it its second weekend. I think the fact that it is pitched towards families is the big thing it has going for it. Um, Here's one I'll throw out at you. So last year, of course, Top Gun Maverick was the phenomenon of the summer and in National Cinema Day weekend went from number four back to number one. Mm -hmm. You know, Tom Cruise was really the talking point coming out of last year's National Cinema Day. Can he be that again this year in any way. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 last weekend was sitting at number 9, made $2.7 million. It's in 1,600 theaters, or at least it was last weekend. It's probably losing some. Is there any way that Dead Reckoning is the movie that people are saying, man, I didn't get around to seeing the Tom Cruise movie. $4 tickets. This is when I finally see the Tom Cruise movie. Is there any chance of that? Does it get any kind of bump? Absolutely not. Wow. Absolutely not. Wow. It's so far wow. out of the zeitgeist at this point. It is so wait for streaming at this point. Wow. I don't think that it's going to benefit at all. You know, in the movie that, and Austin again mentioned this film, mm. I actually think one that could get a bump is Make 2. The Trench, only because hmm. it's a dumb, fun movie. And I think that people are going to say, ah, that shark movie, I'll see that for four bucks. Yeah. I, I think that's more likely to get people in at a budget than Mission Impossible. Yeah, it's definitely in way more theaters. I mean, Meg yeah. 2 last weekend was still in 3,400 theaters. It probably does lose a bunch to Gran Turismo this weekend, but 
so will Dead Reckoning. Um, I could kind of see that. Yeah, Meg Chu is a, you know, National Cinema Day kind of takes the place of what used to be the second run theaters. Yeah. You know, towns would have a theater that would show the movies that came out four months ago and aren't out anywhere yet, and they show them super cheap. So that's kind of Meg Chu is a great second run theater type of movie. Mm-hmm. It's not worth 20 bucks, but it's worth four bucks. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm a little skeptical on that just because you look at last year, Beast in the same time frame didn't really get a bump. And obviously that was a much smaller movie. And, but and it, that's not, okay, Idris Elba is not Jason Statham. No, I, I get that, but it's And a, it's and a, a similar, lion is not a shark. A lion is not a shark, for sure. But they're, they're similar genres and they're both sort of like garbage sea movies and obviously the Meg 2 is a bigger scale of it has done yeah. a lot uh, more business already but I, just based on the one year of National Cinema Day we don't see a big boost for that type of movie or for horror movies so I don't know if Meg 2 gets a boost I don't know if Talk to Me well gets a boost I, I was gonna say I sort of disagree with that okay because again the sample size is only one year previous yes. to this. Yeah, and someday we'll be 10 years into National Cinema Days, and then we could really dig in into the analysis. But yeah. Oh, we'll know the patterns. Yes. But just because the invitation is not talk to me. No. Invi- the invitation, which was out during that, that time last year, mm-hmm. still dropped 28%. Which in its second weekend, dropping only 28 is good for that movie. True. National Cinema Day probably did help that. You're right. But Talk to Me is a movie that young people really like, Mm. great reviews. It is a movie that if you got a bunch of teenagers on a budget and they're hearing about this movie and they're like, we can see this movie for four bucks each. We can scrape that together. Mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think you're going to see not a plus percentage, but you're going to see a very small drop for Talk to Me because it's a buzzed about movie. It's a liked movie. And it is a movie that people on a budget, young people, will go see. Okay. Um, Sound of Freedom, I don't think that gets Well, you can see that for free. So yeah. you can see Sound of Freedom for free. If you want to, still, so it that's not going to affect it at all, right? If Anybody any, paying four bucks for Sound of Freedom at this point, go on the website. Yeah, get your free ticket. And if anything, I think the ticket buyers for that movie will feel like I don't want to only pay four dollars because yes, because know, of the kids, because of the kids, for the that, kids. That means my ticket helps less kids. Blah blah blah. That's the mind of I think of a Sound of Freedom but ticket buyer. So the, I think as, the four dollar discount yeah. tickets probably hurt that movie. As we've pointed out before, though, with the amount of money you made at the box office, each ticket is like one eighteenth of a kid. At the yes. Point. So yes. that's yeah. just economics, that, friends. Yeah. So and you wh- know what a movie that's not going to benefit? Sorry, not to be negative. Okay. Strays. I think Strays is not going to benefit. I agree. I think that's dead in the water. I think that's dead in the water. That's a movie we talked about with Kirk in the last episode that needed to have star promotion to it, and there's just no buzz on this. Yeah, I think that movie does. Well, let's 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 each pick two or three movies that we think are going to go 
into a positive, you know, let's pick two or three holdovers apiece that we think are going to have a positive hold this weekend. They're not going to decline. They're actually going to go up from where they were last weekend. Do you see any uh, movies that will I, do that? Just with the packed, the, just with like how packed everything is at the theater and where they are sitting, I like don't see the only possibility for that for me. Well, there's, okay. There's kind of three possibilities, okay. I think, for me. Is... Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Yep. That's a possible in the plus column. Yep. I think Haunted Mansion, weirdly, because it's just so hmm. low at this point, mm-hmm. could, and it's a family movie. And, family movie. And, you know, rats need their cheese, even yep. if it is, you know, not Gouda. Yeah. And Talk to Me, honestly. Wow. I feel like Talk to Me could have a, a plus. Those wow. are the three that I think are possible. I mean, are you thinking Barbie has a possibility? You know of what? Being I plus? think I might go nuts. And I think Barbie last weekend made twenty-one million, and it could make one or two percent more, and it could basically make twenty-one or twenty-two million again this weekend. Now, now Pat, this is a pattern that you're starting, and I, I just want to nip in the bud right now. Okay. Before you get nuts, you gotta ask me if I want to get nuts. Because I know you are getting nuts and right. you're gonna get nuts no matter whether I say it or not. I just want to be asked. If I want to get nuts, well, do you? Would you also uh, prefer to get nuts? I'd love to get nuts. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'd say there's a strong possibility. I mean, s- you cannot sleep on Barbie the same you way can't. you couldn't sleep on Maverick. You cannot sleep on Barbie. Right. It's a phenomena. I mean, and so is Oppenheimer, but I don't see Oppenheimer going up uh, plus in the plus column. But listen, prove me wrong. But I think maybe not. But Barbie. Definitely could. So I think it's time we just give our Let's top five predictions. So um, you know what? I'm going to go first. Do it. And uh, I do want to get nuts. And I want to put Barbie as the number one movie in America. I think it is this year's Top Gun. And therefore, it will do what Top Gun did on National Cinema Day weekend last year. Mm-hmm. Barbie's going to come in number one. It's going to have a slightly positive increase it's not going to decrease or if it decreases it'll be like one or two percent great so it made 21 million last weekend i think it makes around 21 and a half million this weekend yeah so that's number one number two then the question is is it going to be gran turismo or is it going to be one of the holdovers and i I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be bullish on Gran Turismo. I am going to say that I think people want to see gamers as heroes, and so I think Gran Turismo will make with the the preview numbers it's got over the last few weeks. I think it could make eighteen million dollars opening weekend. Oh, that's high. Okay, so then you think it's gonna make fifteen. It'll make 15 plus the three, but listen, yeah. that's all opening weekend. No, no, no. I know, I know, I know. So but I I'm think the saying. number is 18 million. Um, so that's number two. And then number three, I think it's going to be Blue Beetle. I think Blue Beetle's going to hold well and, and make like 15. I think as a family film, it's going to be helped by National Cinema Day. Okay. So I think it's Barbie one, then Gran Turismo three. Blue Beetle, uh, I'm sorry, Gran Turismo 2, Blue Beetle 3, 
And then I think Ninja Turtles does increase. And Ninja Turtles, you know, Austin predicted this, and I think he's right. Ninja Turtles could make 10 or 11 million mm-hmm. and get itself to num and stay at number four. And then Oppenheimer drops down to number five at like 9 million. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Austin also had Barbie at number one. And here's what here's what I'm going to say is my other positive in the top 10. I do think Dead Reckoning gets the bump. It dropped 41% last weekend. I think it has a positive increase this weekend. I think it makes more than the 2.7 it made last weekend. I just think it's Tom Cruise. It's This is movies of disappointment, but I think National Cinema Day is still got to have a little room for Tom Cruise. I so. mean, it is true that it doesn't have much to move to get positive. Right. It just has to make 2.8, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it could do that. Okay. Love it. Here's mine. Okay. I'm just going to go Gran Turismo number one to switch it up. Okay. I think, though, it is going to make 16. Wow. Okay. It makes 16. Barbie number two. It's very close. I think Barbie makes 15, maybe 15.5. I think this is a horse race. Okay. Number three, I agree with you. I think Blue Beetle. Mm -hmm. Just because money-wise, Oppenheimer... It is Oppenheimer is getting. It's, I know in New York City it still has the IMAXs until September, like the first week of September at the very least. I mean it's going to be playing seven hundred millimeter at that IMAX for the rest of the fall probably. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. other places, Oppenheimer is getting some PLFs back. So I do think that Oppenheimer is going to do well, but it's not going to do as well as Blue Beetle. Because I don't think it's going to get the $4 bump. I don't think it's getting the Cinema Day bump. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's why I do think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I am also putting that in my number four slot. Yes. And then I think Oppenheimer right under that at five. My plus column, the one I'm going to call, is Talk To Me. I think we see some blue numbers next to Talk To Me. Yeah. I mean that'll that'll be a great data point to see a horror movie get the bump from National Cinema Day. Yeah. So we will see about that. Now, just real quickly, there are a couple other movies opening up under the radar. Anything that you think anyone needs to know about the Liam Neeson uh Lionsgate movie Retribution or the religious movie from Briarcliff Entertainment called The Hill. Both of these movies open this weekend. I mean, the Liam Neeson genre, I think, has really taken a hit post-COVID where these movies don't feel special in any way anymore, where they did pre-2020, pre-2019. There was something of an eventness to a Liam Neeson action movie, but I I don't think Retribution is getting anyone talking going into this weekend. Yes, the... Awareness of this is so low. So low. So I don't think we have to worry about that. I do think there is a possibility that The Hill, which is a a inspirational religious film, mm-hmm. church bus film, we know there is a, there is a appetite now for these sort of movies. Mm-hmm. There, there's been for a while, but I think it's at the height right now because, you know, obviously you have Sound of Freedom. You had... 
the uh, Jesus uh, Jesus Revolution. Jesus Revolution. You had the huge. Chosen. Yes. So the Hill, Dennis Quaid, well-known actor. Mm-hmm. You know, I still think there is some love for him. He yeah. puts he he does put a respectable face on this movie as a legitimate movie because he is a star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an inspirational story about a baseball player, I believe, although baseball, uh, nobody gives a flying F about baseball anymore. Yeah. It would have been better if this was basketball or, yes. or gaming, honestly. Yeah. So, yes, if this child had played uh, MLB or whatever video game. Right. MLB The Show 2022. And yeah. they were like, yo, you're so good at this. Right. Let's give you a chance. Right. But he's like, my legs are, are hurting or whatever the character's problem. Yeah, I think yeah. the and character no respect the to, uh, No has. disrespect. No disrespect. No disrespect. Yeah. No disrespect. I think this could make some money. I don't think it's going to threaten to be in the uh, top five. Right, right. But, you know, there is a possibility this sneaks into the top ten. Yeah. Because $4 tickets, $4, how big is a church bus? I guess it depends how big the church is. But $4 a head on a church bus? The collection plate can cover that. Yes, yes, yes. So, so I mean, it, that's that. That's the sleeper. That's here, the sleeper. Here, last prediction. Then, just between these two movies, which one of these will make more money the this hill. weekend? The hill. I mean, slam doink, slam doink. I mean, Liam Neeson movies do have that that built in like two million dollars worth of business uh, from the diehards. Uh, 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 this one, see, listen, the guy's a mensch. Liam he's Neeson, a great. Yes. he's a great man. A great man. Classiest guy you'd ever want to meet. Okay. I never met him, but I'd like to meet him. Sure. Because he's classy. Right. But this movie ain't doing nothing. All right. I'm sorry. I, I'll just, for the I hell of you, it, I'll, I'll go on the other side so we could hash it out on Monday. I'll say that Retribution makes more than The Hill this weekend. All right. And then well, we could go at it on Monday morning. But Good luck with that. Again, I couldn't do the impression because I'm on strike. You are on strike. Um, you stand tall with Zag, even though you do not pay your dues and are in bad standing. Yeah, I'm in bad standing. So that is the episode. Of course, email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails, your predictions, your boots on the ground reporting. Uh, thank you again to Wannabe Oh Boy Austin for a great email. Really stoked a lot of uh, thought and discussion on this episode. So email us at the Podcast. At gmail.com. Yeah, you know, we should have Austin on the show again. Austin was on the show before. Let's have Austin on. Austin, you want to come on? Yes. Let's let's get you booked in the next couple weeks, my friend. Yes. Yes. I mean, listen, the guests that we've had on, obviously, Kirk Minahan, gigantic guest, gigantic guest. Mm -hmm. And I think Austin, you know, he's he's he fits that mold for sure. Yeah. Um, So Austin, yeah, join us. But email us, everyone, the Podcast at gmail.com. Give us those five-star reviews on whatever podcast platform you use, but make it Apple Podcasts because that's the one that matters. And, you know, you leave something interesting in the comments, we'll read it. And as you saw, sometimes the five-star Apple reviews give us a little controversy to discuss. So, And, and, and Nick won. Yeah. I love you, man. Come on. Oh, you know You know it. Of course. Of course. It's all in good fun. You would, you would, if you had to get Nick one out of a jam by eating some crow, you would uh, eat crow to get him out of a jam. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. This guy calls me. He's in jail. 
Yeah. Not going to say why. Who cares? Right. It doesn't matter it to doesn't me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And he says, you got to eat crow and elemental. It's the only way. I'd say, how much and for how long? Yeah. And in, in what state? Because I don't know where you're from. Nick. Yeah. Yeah. So you would you would eat crow to help out a five-star reviewer, of, of course. Of course. So follow us on the social medias at the B.O. Boys Pod. We're on Twitter X. We are on TikTok and want to be our intern Christopher killing it with the vertical clips and little preview right now. You know, things could change because the it's a box office. Just you have to follow it where it goes. But weather permitting. Our next episode, we're scheduled to have wannabe O intern Christopher and a prospective new intern on the show for a live interview as part of the episode. So wannabe O intern Christopher, killing it with the guest appearances. People love him, and he will be back. And we'll see if our prospective intern has what it takes to join this growing, thriving organization. So that's coming up. And I have one thing to say our pr- for our prospective intern mm-hmm. to help him out with this on-air job interview. Okay. Take your magic mind that morning. Yes. Because you're going to have to be sharp. Yes. Get because- that lion's mane in your veins, my friend, because you're coming up against the B.O. boys. Yeah. And we'll be on day, like, nine or ten at that point of our magic mind regimen. We'll so. be unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. So we are going to just fully unload Mm-hmm. on this prospective intern, which in a very clear way, level-headed way because of our magic mind. That's so, a, yes, yes. Yeah, he's got to come ready to play. Come for my focus crankiness. It'll so, be there. So, of course, they'll follow us at the B.O. Boys Pod on social media. And we're YouTubers, of course. So watch the show on YouTube. You can't get the entire experience just from listening to us. You also have to see our faces earlier in the show Clayton used his fingers to show the size. He's doing it again now. Show you the size of a Magic Mind bottle. You do not know that size if you're just listening to us. You have to watch us on YouTube, and you will see Clayton's fingers show the size of a Magic Mind bottle. So very important that you find us on YouTube and you subscribe, you like the videos, and you ring. What is that, Clayton? That bell. Got to ring that bell. That is hugely important to the success of this entire company so i think that is it clayton i think we've done it yeah i mean i can't imagine there's anything left to say no except for huh? until next time we'll, we'll smell, smell you at the box office nailed it, it.